is just sons. You 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 hear right? She so just signed so, and she she was revived because of the doctors. Eh? It's amazing how advancement in society can make us trivialize the intervention of God. Sometimes it's sad when we begin to even argue about certain things. Oh yes, it's the, it's the drug, so it's medicinal. Oh, it's herbs. It's medicinal. Who created herbs? From the beginning, what did God say about the herbs? What did God say about the drugs? All the drugs that we are having. It's because the active component has been from something that is God made. Do you get it? So whether you see it as an intervention from doctors or, or advancement of science, it's still coming from whatever God made. Just that you are you prefer not to see it as a miracle because you feel that okay, man extracted it, purified it. And so some of the things that sometimes we argue about, you realize that they are business, like they are business. I think your instance is Kwame or any of the doctors. Dr. Kwame or any of the doctors can explain better. You apply all the drugs, the person will still go. Yeah. The person will still go. We thank God for what He has done in your life. And I know that all of us here have been empowered to trust in the Lord completely. Trust in the Lord completely. I remember there's this guy that when I was in Commonwealth Hall, you can sit down, you just sit down. There was this guy that comes to my room because he had a friend in the inner room. And he got to know that I'm a minister of God. And the one day he decided to open up to me, pouring out his heart that he trusted God so much for something. When the mother was nowhere and God did not hear his prayer, the mother passed away. So he doesn't believe in God again. He doesn't believe in the existence of God. And he had his very strong reason. And such a person will start learning about how to refute every scripture. Probably learn a lot about atheism and begin to uh, believe in that. What I'll say is that despite all these experiences, whether for the good or for the bad, you must learn how to stand firm on God's foundation. Do you understand? Despite the experience. For instance, there was a loss. There is a gain. You had a testimony, right? Lost, gain. 
in whatever situation that you find yourself, you need to be rooted and grounded in God's word. Or else your experiences will begin to shake the foundation of your faith. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Your Your experiences must not shake the foundation of your faith. This has led many, for instance, even people that at a point even believed in God or trusted in God. It has led a lot to now doubt the word of God. They begin to doubt the word of God. Okay, I was sick. I prayed about it. I didn't get healed. I needed money. I needed deliverance. Or my family needed money or something like that. I did not get it. So I won't believe in God. Ask your neighbor, did you come to follow God because of these things? You see, so these are some of the reasons why our faith is weak. Because we do not find a very good reason to pursue God. So now, our pursuit of God is challenged by the experiences that we go through. Our pursuit of God is now challenged by the experiences that we go through. But as a child of God, we are rather supposed to be very strong. Hallelujah. We are supposed to be very, very strong in the word, such that no matter the experience that we go through, we will not be affected. Hallelujah. When Paul spoke about the signs of an apostle aside, speaking concerning uh, the authority that God gave him concerning the apostolic uh, mandate he spoke about many other things that sometimes you might not look like I don't even know anybody that might have gone through that he didn't all the time even speak about uh, abundance he didn't all the time but he mentioned some of the things that as a child, or sometimes you'll be tried, you'll go through some of these experiences. But you should know that we have the victory despite these experiences. And none of these things should be able to shake the love that we have for God. Are you here with me? Imagine Paul being there and saying that, Lord, why am I hungry? No, the word of God has been built so much again to the point that whether hunger, whether pain, perils, problems, persecutions, is it nothing? Tribulations, whatever you call it, whatever name, that, whatever tag that you call it, nothing should be able to separate him from God's love. Are you here with me? So, uh, we are growing, we are upcoming. So, I want us to be very, very consistent with the word of God. And we should not make our experiences doubt the word of God. Rather see it as a growth process. Do you understand? See it as a growth process. Or else you might end up speaking against that which is divine. Either with me. I hope you understand. You understand the point I'm trying to make. Or else your experience maybe felt that, okay, uh, you were one day your stomach was worrying you, you prayed about it, God didn't do anything. You have to go and take collodium. Or you have to go and then 
find something to take before you became better. So now God doesn't do anything like that. You are just using your experience to try to uh, devalue the authentic word of God. Probably, when if you find yourself in such a situation, this is how you are supposed to view it. See it as a growth process. Hallelujah. But don't find reasons to doubt what his word has spoken. Either with me. Because that is very, very scary. And when a man begins to move on that path, you know where you're heading to. Very soon you'll be heading to believing in nothing. It's just gradual, just that you find yourself at a position that is still a little bit closer to the truth. But there's a gradual retrogression or there's a gradual um, distancing away from the truth. So you must not use your experiences to determine or authenticate God's word. Rather, your experience is just supposed to be a confirmation of what God has spoken. And the fact that you did not experience it doesn't mean that uh, God is not doing it. Rather, see it as well. An entire process or a learning process. Do you know so many things that if you look through the life of many that have really made it in this life, I believe all the things that you went through, it opened your eyes even to the business world. You're losing everything in a, in a day. Check the lifestyle of of, of some of these great men some of these great men that have done well sometimes let's say even you even went to write an exam let's say wasi or any of the exams that you didn't do well and then you had to reset and then you went to reset and then the results came back better so let's say that you had first of all you had let's say 24 so 24 you said okay you want to improve you went to sit and then you had 10 are you not happier if you are not seeing the future of your ability from the point of your 24 grade, you know what you'll be saying? Why? I'm not getting school. I'm not getting that. Meanwhile, that alone, that experience alone, helped you to perfect your ability. It even revealed a certain aspect of your being that you were not aware of. Do you get it? So many people that sometimes you say, okay, maybe you didn't do work. It's not that like you didn't do work. I told you that everybody is intelligent in one way or the other. Just that you've not found your exact interest, like where you are really interested in. And the way the world will even consider what intelligence is, okay, oh, this guy is very good because he had, let's say, eight A's or something. What the guy that you consider not intelligent can do with his hands, you cannot do. Do you understand? You cannot do. That is the area that the person has perfected. He has perfected the skill in that area. That was his interest. I here with me. So it really, 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 really matters. So sometimes some of the experience that we have, it rather now works in us and brings out a far better, glorious ending result. And you'll be so happy. So let's say with your 30, you know that you couldn't really do much with it. Now you've improved with your 10 or with your 6. Now you can go anywhere. Is it not a good story? Hallelujah. It's a good story. So in the scriptures, there are a lot of things, a lot of examples given unto us. And this is for our learning. Hallelujah. So that you'll be comforted. So that you'll be motivated. 
so that you will learn long suffering which is the fruit of the spirit patience patience you will learn patience you get it and then the ending will be far far glorious than the beginning what about the experience of job that we we, we heard of somebody's looking okay, maybe it's just a story or one of those stories that was coined out are you sure what about your believers look at what god did with his life he lost everything everything to the point of lives lives imagine you are losing the lives of your children and now you are losing your business you look you lose everything to the point now you nearly even lost your body affliction on your body you are looking like a leper somebody suffering from leprosy nobody wants to associate with you because there seems to be boils and lesions all over your body the only thing that you can say is the head creator the only advice that even your wife can give you at that point is curse God and die curse God and die the suffering is too much or curse the day that you were born you see the depth of the experience but these things are there for our learning so that you won't lose the faith many people have made shipwreck of their faith because they look at their experiences and their foundation in the word is not strong so you realize that when some of these challenges come it begins to expose our inconsistencies with the word because you are, you, are, you are not supposed to be shaken. How will you welcome the challenges? How will you go through the challenges? Are you going to continuously cry? Are you going to continuously lose hope? Saying that God doesn't exist? No. So there's a call. This is a call to all of us that we need to know what we have been called for. We need to know the mind of the Lord concerning our lives and His Word. We need to be very rooted and grounded in the Word such that nothing can shake us. Nothing can shake our convictions. No wind should be able to blow us away like like, like chaff. We should be rooted and grounded. This has led to many people being strained from the part of truth that they even know of because of what experiences. I was sick. God didn't heal me. So I don't, I don't believe in God in that direction. Anymore. I believe in God, but I don't believe in God. He doesn't do this. Really? It is just your experience you are. So what about the other ones that you have witnessed? In the days of Jesus, there was a point in his life where in his own place, Bible says that he could not do anything that much. He couldn't do anything that much. Why couldn't he do anything that much? The scripture says that he only laid hands on a few. That means Jesus could not operate to the highest of his capacity or ability. Even Jesus. And there were instances. They said all that came 
they were all healed. You, you get it? They were all healed. Then another instance, even the, for the people to even come, one school of them, for the people to even come is a problem. So there were no people to touch. Just a few people that believed. All the people were there, but familiarity made them to just ignore him. It's like he couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. These are two experiences of our master. This is our master. I'm teaching a lot of things. If you, if you are listening carefully, you pick a lot of things. The teaching has started. <laughs> I'm teaching a lot of things. Just that because I've not named it, you are not seeing it. You can't just conclude. He didn't heal me. So, it doesn't do that anymore. If he if he healed somebody, maybe it is the drug or it's scientific. Really? I've already proved to you that that thing that you're calling scientific, it's from, it's from nature, it's from here. And he made all things. So it depends on how you see it. You might not call it a drug, but from my perspective, my point of view, it still is. In science, we call it what? Scientific breakthroughs. Remember having this CPD program and then one of the people asked that ah, so what is the latest scientific breakthrough? They want to know what is going on. Then I explained okay, yeah, this is going, this is going, this is going on. Like, wow. Even in science, they call it breakthrough. <laughs> no, I don't know whether you get the point. So it's just perspectives, like how we how we, so that's why something I don't really I can easily understand you. I won't come in and accuse it. I understand your point, but now understand me too. You see? You will not be able to understand. Meaning that, okay, then my, my understanding is quite, maybe I cover a lot of scope. I'm able to understand you, relate with you. And I still see God in whatever you, whatever you are trying to use to refute God. What did Romans say? He said, the very things which we consider to be there, uh, the creation, even the things, whether they are visible or invisible, they still speak and they teach us about God. Are you there with me? When you get a time, go and read Romans 1. The things that we look at, we are looking at, oh, uh, God is not really there because He's invisible, we are not seen. He said, the things that you are seeing, the things that you are seeing, look at how they are arranged. Certainly, there should be an invisible architect of the universe. Hallelujah. And that alone preaches the creator and the creation. He tells you that there is a source. Hallelujah. There's an originator. There's a someone that there is someone that actually, out of all these things. All these things that we are seeing, there's someone that all these things actually came out of. Just that you might not have a name. And John will say that his name is the word. Hallelujah. All things were made by him and without him was there anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. Amen. So it is, it is about perspectives. It's about perspectives. I started teaching you something about uh, the 
plays of doctrines, philosophies and traditions of men and what we actually refer to as doctrine. Many of them, they are just concepts. Hallelujah. Many of the things that we refer to, because when we go, I told you there are a lot of factions, there are a lot of sections within the thing and you realize that it is a little stray away from the truth or sometimes it's just an expansion of the idea around the truth so now it leads to extremes or excesses which sometimes if not taken will be taken out of context hallelujah let me give an example for instance when it comes to the Trinitarian theology, there are many, there are some that said, okay, I don't believe in what you are saying. You don't believe in what I'm saying, but they still believe that there's something called spirit, there's something called the son, there's something called the father. Just that you are saying there are no one, but is it not the same thing we are talking about? Yes. And one says that, okay, yes, the father, they are there, but they are from the same essence and all that. Then another would say, ah, Jesus is too miraculous and too divine to be human. So let us reduce a little, let, let us reduce the humanity side or let us send the humanity side away and let us just esteem the divinity side. And then, then that will become a school of thought. Then it has its people following. Then another said that, no, you, you are going too extreme. No, we have to stay in between. Then someone said, oh, he's more, he's more what human than divine. So then all of these things also becoming what? Different, different schools of thought. And then an ism is added to it. And then it becomes what? A doctrine. And they are just opposing themselves. Do, do, do you get a whole idea? So there are basic things that we all do agree on. And all that. So for instance, when John was warning the, the church in John, uh, the the epistle that John wrote. He spoke to the very man does not confess that uh, our Lord Jesus has manifested in the flesh. Is that such a person is an is an antichrist? And is the place okay? We are all agreeing that okay, yes, he has manifested in the flesh, but we think that the way he he demonstrated the the divinity, then let's lean more to the divine side. So you see, you all believe, but somebody said that. I believe the divine side more. Somebody said, oh no, since he walked on the earth, they felt him, he is more human than divine. And I say, he's in between. But nobody is saying that, okay, maybe the humanity side is not there. If you are saying that the humanity side is not there, then that will be a practice of what? Gnosticism or Docetism, which the scripture clearly condemned as what? Antichristic. Do you understand? So many, many of the things that sometimes we hold on to they are, they are more of ideas and understanding and, and points of view perspectives of men do you get it and when it comes to the interpretation of scripture you need to allow give room give room because at a particular point you realize that you have grown let me ask you a question the understanding that you had 20 years ago or 10 years ago concerning the scriptures is it the same understanding that you have now no you have grown so does it mean that what you knew what you knew then was an error at that point you claimed it was truth to you 
Do you get it? So you need to leave room and understand that Jesus himself is the final authority or he's the perfect embodiment of, of or the totality of revelation. Hallelujah. And when it comes to human understanding of the scriptures, there are a lot of limitations because of the human experiences. And then depending on our point of view or our perspectives where we are standing. Hallelujah. I can be standing in front here. Standing in front of the building and somebody asks me, what do you see? I said, oh, I'm at the red building. I begin to describe the red building. Somebody standing at the back of the red building and also says, oh, I'm at the red building. And begin to describe what the back of the red building. The fact that Someone is describing the front and another is describing the back. Does it mean that they are all not describing the red building? So you see. So now the pride and arrogance of men when it comes to uh, biblical interpretation and their failure to submit themselves one to the other leads to all these factions. So this one says that, okay, he has spoken, but I do No, 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 no. I'm saying I hold on to my word, to my view. And let me try come, I read, I understand you, I understand I read, ah, it is still the same thing you are speaking about. So now where is the place of the argument? It is just a human factor that comes to uh, cause all this mess. And then when that happens, it appears as if two extremes have been created. Meanwhile, it is not really so. Tell your neighbor, allow yourself to be taught the word of the Lord. Allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen. So this thing is very, very, very needful in our journey. Hallelujah. It is very, very, very needful in our journey. That's not even what I have to speak about. I'll continue with it at a later time because if I say I'll continue... It will not end here. So you, let's just go to uh, John 15. Then we will be done so that we can continue with our meeting. John. Basically, I just want to teach a little about uh, being fruitful. Later, we'll go to the doctrinal side for the sake of time. John 15. I think there was a point I did verse by verse teaching on this subject. Uh, those days, I don't know whether recording was done or not. But let's go. I'm, I read G John 15, Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. It, that it may bring more fruit. Hallelujah. He take it that it may bring more fruit. So every branch in me that bear no fruit, he take it away that he brings colon. And every branch that bear it fruit, he purge it, it that it may bring forth more fruit. So the purpose of the taking away, the purpose of the purging and all that is that it may bring forth what more fruit. Do we have the understanding now? Hallelujah. So, uh, 
there are quite a number of uh, meanings to the taking away, which I think have in my previous lectures I've explained already. But if you're getting confused, the purpose of all this is that it may bring forth what more what fruit. Okay. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Then he says, Abide in me, and I in you. So abide in me, and then I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. So now, the only way that you can actually bear fruit is the fact that you are what connected to the vine. So the only way you can bear fruit is your connection to what? The vine. Try and relate it to the first verse. Is it making sense? Is it self-explanatory? Oh, okay. I pray for understanding for you. The only way for your fruitfulness is to be in the vine. And then initially, he's saying that I am the true vine and my father is the husband. I'm not even going to the Greek and the things of it. I'm just using these words to explain to you. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Another meaning is that he lifted up or something like that. And every branch that beareth fruit, so both the ones not bearing fruit and the ones bearing fruit, he taketh away or he lifts up. And then the one that is bearing fruit, he purges. And the purpose of it all is that it should bring what? forth much fruit and the only way a man can bring forth much fruit is when you are connected to the what the vine and he's the vine and the way the nature of the vine is if you if you know how it looks like it's like this creeping plant and so they have support and things for, for it if you don't take it and you say you are going to cut a branch you are actually cutting the vine because that is how the thing is like do you understand the nature the way it is you don't take care and you say you are cutting as in the term cutting you are actually cutting off the plant do you understand so it is a different system of um, culturing or farming which you need to understand to really grasp the uh, the concept that jesus is trying to communicate here he said now ye are clean through the word which I've spoken to. So remember he spoke about purging. 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 Another terminology that can be used there as pronoun. So now ye are clean through the words that have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Five. I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same, yeah, he has emphasized again, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do what? Nothing. So you can see complete dependence on the vine, meaning that the vine is the source of the life, and the vine is the cause of fruitfulness. Do you understand? The vine is the source of life and is the cause of fruitfulness. And the whole idea that Jesus is presented here is that it is his life that giveth you life. Does it make sense? His life gives you life. So in your journey with God, you realize that there has to be the soul dependence or 
complete reliance on the life of Jesus. That without me, he can what? Do nothing. Hallelujah. The reason why I'm tackling this is because we are dealing with consistency this year so that you can, you can see the source of your strength and you can see the expected outcome when there is complete or total reliance on the life that flows from our master Jesus. Are you here with me? Okay, let's proceed. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth. So if a man abide not, is not connected, he is cast forth as a branch, as a dry branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are buried. And he says that if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Look at it. He said, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Hallelujah. So, my focus is here. Eight. He said, herein is my father glorified. So, how will the father be glorified in our lives? He said, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So, you can see how Jesus linked discipleship to bearing what fruits and it didn't say just bearing fruit but bearing what much fruit say bearing much fruit amen that will be the only way that our father will be praised or he will be glorified and the scripture makes it clear in Ephesians that we actually call for for the praise of his glory hallelujah so your life is supposed to be the example of a good disciple. Hallelujah. In, in Jewish discipleship classes, there are several stages of maturity before a man can become a rabbi. Do you understand? So there are different laws, there are different stages as we have uh, nursery or how do you call it? A crutch, nursery, kindergarten. Then you go to your primary primary school then you go to what's the next one uh, your secondary junior secondary and all that so in the jewish culture they also had their yeah, system hallelujah they call it the bed safar the bed uh, talmud and the bed uh, midrash hallelujah so there are different stages of growth so you see how sometimes when you communicate with some of these people even the, the child that is growing up because they've committed so much into their memory they are able to recite the scriptures a simple example is how um, how some people are able to commit the scriptures into their, their, their minds through recitations. So when they are reciting it, as they are talking, they can just recite them from the original language in which uh, the scriptures were written. Do you understand? Yeah, so it's like that. That's how the, the children, they are trained. So anybody that is able to proceed all these classes and you're able to graduate in every stage that means you are qualified to be a teacher or to be let's say one that can a master hallelujah so it is believed that many of the disciples could not really go through all the stages and it's one of the reasons why some of them were considered or many of them were considered uneducated do you remember they said, are, are these not uneducated folks? And how come 
these guys are doing these amazing things and they realize that ah, these guys probably would have been with what Jesus so now this is the whole idea so assuming that you're going through the stages and you didn't you couldn't finish or you couldn't qualify to the end of it all you become how do I call it not detected but then like you know that this is not your qualification so now for someone to come or for a master or a teacher to come and say follow me it's an it's an opportunity it's an excitement to to really learn from the master because already uh your track record shows that mm, there's a question mark with your growth process you understand so like the example i gave you let's say you've gone to maybe write a paper you didn't really pass well and now opportunity is given again for you to uh, become better so these are people that most of them could not really go through uh, the discipleship or complete the discipleship journey in their culture and now here comes a master that says come follow me I'll make you a fisher of man come follow me so they followed gladly though some of them realized that mm, they were not fit that okay they were saying this oh lord depart from me but jesus actually welcomed all of them so that they can become part of him and when they walked with jesus within a span of few years just about three years walk and before even the three years came these guys were walking in authority they were walking in boldness they 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 they, they, they had so much influence on their world that was why it surprised the, the, the teachers or the Pharisees or the those learned in their society in that day that ah, how come because these people are not supposed to have that level of authority how come they speak with so much amazement and so much authority why because somebody had taken them had mentored them and not just mentored them there was a difference in their administration because they bore much fruit hallelujah the fruit that they bore was way beyond what you could what imagine these were true disciples and you the only thing that you can ascribe to them is that they have been with the lord or they have walked with jesus hallelujah because it transformed completely their state hallelujah and now their educational status now cannot place them at where they belong the master jesus had changed their state completely and these are people that Jesus used as the foundational apostles. Hallelujah. And their names are even recognized in heaven. Hallelujah. Because they had been with the Lord. So, this is the mentality that we have to get. A journey with the Lord, a true journey with the Lord is supposed to be a very, very fruitful journey. Hallelujah. And the fruits that we bear is supposed to be so much and when people see the light or the fruit that we are bearing, that in itself also becomes another dimension of fruit bearing. Hallelujah. So let me explain. I've explained to you before that when it comes to fruit bearing, first and foremost, it has to do with the characteristics of the life that you possess. So for instance, the life of Jesus, it was a completely spirit-led life. The Bible says that what he saw the Father do in him, that is what he did. He was the led of the Spirit and he did all these amazing and wonderful things it was a spirit controlled life and in fact before the chapter uh the, the 
in the 14 he spoke about the spirit of god then even in the 16 he also spoke about he spoke about the spirit of god but then in between he started speaking about the vine and the branches which is still about the spirit of god are you here with me tell your neighbor that bear forth fruits tell the best thing bear much fruits hallelujah so that is the stamp or the seal of your discipleship so in our journey with god we need to allow ourselves to dwell in him we need to allow ourselves to fully dwell in him or for him to fully dwell in us do you understand that journey imagine the lord jesus having your life and now you do not have any life he owns your life and then he has planted your life with his life so now the life that you have is his life this is the understanding that men like paul men like peter had they came to the place of conviction that they did not have any life on their own they really believed in whatever happened they believed that when he died they are dead when he wrote you he rose up they rose up together with him and now they have life but the life is not for them so they will leave their life unto the lord it will surprise you when you study the nature of the influence of these apostles and even the fathers that came after them in the after the the apostles died we had men like ignatius we had men like polycarp we had men like arenos and all these men they followed exactly the teachings it's like their, 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 their depth was just amazing and some of them their conviction was so high to the point even to the point of the death do you get it they did not mind okay we are following jesus we are following the teachings of the of the apostles whatever was committed to them they, they stuck to those words is that even if we will be burnt so there were those that were burnt there were those that were burnt the fire was not even killing them and then they had to pierce them so that their blood will flow out so that they can die properly there were those that were imprisoned i mean all sort of things and it did not move them it did not shake their belief it did not shake their conviction in god is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples hallelujah amen and he said and the father hath loved me so have i loved you he said continue ye in my love so along the journey many 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 of us forget when you look into uh, the scriptures uh, and even after uh, the examples I just gave, some of the great men that came after the apostles, those that learned directly from the apostles, they promoted so much about the love of God. So like how they were living in the days, last week I read Acts 2 for you, and how they were living. The love of God was so strong. They walked in unity. They had one mind. They were with one accord. They maintained the fellowship of the Spirit. They maintained the fellowship of the brethren. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They continued in prayer. Hallelujah. And they moved from house to house. They continued even in the breaking of the bread. So these same 
teachers or fathers that came after they also proposed the same things to their era to their generation hallelujah what is jesus saying look at what he said again he said as the father hath loved me so have i loved you therefore what continue ye in my love
when it comes to this, when you can see clearly that death is coming and he's knocking on your door because of the path that you're moving on. Because Jesus was the first, was the first example. He said, greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends. And when you're able to capture this, you realize that there's another dimension of fruitfulness that stirs up in you. So now, the first dimension of fruitfulness is the love that you develop. You love the Lord. So when you love the Lord, there is that relationship with God. And that is solely based on the fact that you have received this love. Hallelujah. So he says that we love God because he actually would first loved us. Is it clear? So now, when you love God, as a result of walking in this, now it shifts you into another dimension where now you love the truth and you love the truth to be what? To be proclaimed. Hallelujah. Meaning that you would want others to come and partake of this same fellowship, this same love, this same joy that you have found. And in that, you see that your joy now will be full. Hallelujah. Because Jesus also joys in that same thing. So, your fruitfulness bearing fruits of the Spirit. Bearing fruits unto everlasting life. That in itself is a sermon because you become an epitome of Christ. And more importantly, you now transition into the point of what giving your life for others because he said, greater love has no man than to lay down his life for what? For his friends or for, for others. Hallelujah. That's why Paul can walk with a certain conviction in himself that I am willing to preach the gospel unto you too. He, he wasn't caring about the boundaries. He wasn't caring about the distance, places he could not go. He would write letters. Places he could not revisit. He would send teachers or he would send leaders or elders that he has appointed to actually do that same bidding. Hallelujah. Places he cannot do much, he would send instructions. If he's lacking support, he will call for support. That I need you, come and help me, come and help me. Let's, let's propagate the gospel. To the point, to the point of laying down his life. Because what I have discovered is a life. I cannot keep it to myself. I must share it. So a true sign of discipleship is that you begin to learn from the master to the point that now you will not live unto yourself, but you will live unto the Lord. This is exactly what Paul said. That he is crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, he lives. Not yet I, but Christ that lives in me. So if Christ is living in me, he's not afraid of death. He's not afraid of persecution. He's not afraid of perils. He's not afraid of trials. He's not afraid of tribulations. He's not afraid of anything called hunger, anything called pain. He was detached from all these things. All that he desired was to what please the master, to live a life worthy of his calling, a life worthy of the vocation wherewith he has been called. I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I in me and the life which I think I have I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me if he gave himself for me and I'm looking up to him why won't I also be able to give myself unto others the life that I have the truth that I have discovered I communicate the same I hear with me hallelujah Let's go. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man 
lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. Hallelujah. So we are still doing the work, but he doesn't even call you a servant. For the servant knoweth what the Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Then see, see your ordination here. He said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name he shall give it you. Can we all read it? 16, let's go. Ye have not chosen me but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Hallelujah. So now this is Jesus speaking to us. So who has called you? He said, I, I have chosen you and I have ordained you. I have called you so that what you can bring forth fruits and these fruits that we are talking about they are fruits that should remain fruits that will remain then he, he added that whatsoever you ask whatever what do you say that whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name he may what give it to you so I even seen some of the key or one of the key to answer prayers when we are very, very Jesus driven. When we are very, very, very spirit driven. When we are really, really motivated by the word of life. This is what happens to us. So whatever you should ask of the Father in my name, He may give it you. Hallelujah. It's a very, very important moment. I want us to stand on our feet. He has ordained us. He has chosen us to bear fruits. To bear much fruits. And that the fruits should remain bearing fruits of life bearing fruits of life in our lives bearing fruits by impacting our generation or by impacting lives around us bearing fruits bearing fruits wherever you are I just wanted to start praying that Lord help me by your spirit because your word says that if I abide in you and you abide in me, this is going to be evident in my life. Lord, help me surrender. Lord, help me surrender to your word. That I will surrender to your word. That I will surrender to your word. That I will surrender to your word. 
Surrendering to the love of God, surrendering to the word of God. The only way for us to be fulfilled and have our joy full. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word that has come to us. We pray that the love of God will dwell in us richly. We pray for grounding and the rooting in your word in the name of Jesus. Let the life that flows out of your word be released unto us. Even in our closet, even in our journey, even in our walk with you. Let your grace overflow. Let your grace overflow. Let your grace flow. Let your love overflow. Lord, we pray that the brethren will continue here in your love. That our foundations will never be shaken in the name of Jesus. That the love of God will make us stand so sure even so sure on that firm foundation which is yourself we pray that by your spirit we are strengthened to walk your love in the name of jesus if anyone is going through any pain lord i pray that your love will be demonstrated in an amazing way to that individual in the name of jesus if anybody is in pain, going through any moments of pain or affliction or infirmity, let the love of God be released in the name of Jesus. Let light be released. Let healing be released in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. Hallelujah. I want us to close our eyes and just stretch our hands towards the man of God. I want to begin to make a prayer that